and thank you for joining us on another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name's Emmanuel Penklis, and joining me is the undisputed king of tipping himself, Michael Corbin. Michael, all hail you. Good evening. <laughs> thank you, Emmanuel. Me and my uh, 274th rank in Australia is pretty happy right now. Had a perfect week. Uh, and you didn't because you didn't tip my team, so it makes it even sweeter. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are we are here to talk about rugby league and the story that has been gripping Australia for the whole season is what is going on with Anthony Seabold and the Brisbane Broncos. When will his time finally be up as a coach? And it looks like tomorrow morning is D-Day. He will walk into the Broncos locker room. He will tell the players that he's stepping away after receiving a settlement worth over a million dollars. Emmanuel, thoughts? Long overdue. Um, well, really, just the, the beginning of what I think is actually going to be a huge rebuilding period at the Brisbane Broncos now. Uh, they are going to be coachless. They are going to be CEO-less. They're going to need to clean out a whole board that appointed these two people. Um, they're going to have to move on dead wood. They're going to have to uh, rebuild um, their junior ranks um, and rearrange how they develop players. Um, this is this is a, a massive, massive period of renewal for Brisbane. Um, they're going to also do it um, financially burdened because they have a big payout lined up coach um but anthony seabold has um coached his last game for brisbane it has been absolutely tumultuous it was um it was hailed as the five-year uh deal uh the courier mail had the headline save this for dark days this man will win you a premiership brisbane fans that was the front page of the courier mail after anthony seabold signed a five-year deal after one year as a head coach at the rabbitohs um, and now it's all come to an end. Um, it, it's huge. It's been tumultuous. He oversaw the biggest loss in Brisbane history at the end of the 2019 season uh, when they bowed out in the first week of the finals against Parramatta, only for that to be uh, com compounded with the biggest loss now, 59-0 uh, against the Roosters this year. So he has overseen the biggest and second biggest losses uh, massive losing streak. Uh, they're anchored to the bottom of the ladder. Their defense uh, to second bottom of the ladder. Their defense is the worst on record. It's it's just been a train wreck. This was inevitable. Yeah, huge. Yeah, they've been the worst team since the resumption, uh, winning only one game in that time. It's it's been a very rough year for Brisbane players, Brisbane, the board, Brisbane fans, and as you said. Long overdue. Uh, I think the only reason why it didn't happen sooner was they didn't want to make this payout. Now, he still owed around $3 million on his contract. And I believe the settlement's around that $1.5 million range. So he is leaving money on the table. But I think for the benefit of his mental health and putting his family first and just, you know, the, the toll that this season has taken on him mentally I think it's the right move to take the money and get out. It's only going to cause you more damage long-term if you stick around. And, yeah, there was there was talks that the playing group, he'd, he'd lost the playing group early. You know, the senior players didn't like him. He didn't have backing from the Broncos greats. Uh, the old boys wanted him out. 
And yeah, it's, it's all come to a head. And honestly, I'm glad it has because it now we get to now focus on football. Uh, Brisbane are going to do an extensive. I hope they do an extensive coaching search, but I think there's a name that they they are looking at, and his name is Tevin Walters. Uh, what that means for Queensland Origin, I don't know, but I I hope they do they do the right thing and look into you know they don't just go and appoint someone straight away. They take time in what, searching to find the best possible coach. Because I messaged you yesterday. Kevin Walters is a favourite. I don't know whether he's a good coach or not. We there's no track record. All we have is Origin, and he's lost the last two series. So, yeah, I I hope that the Broncos with a new board in place. Hopefully, that's the decision they make. I think Paul White is going to be reassigned somewhere else in New Corp. New Corp. Um, yeah, the the Broncos have a lot to do. It's going to be a huge off season. And a big rebuild. They need to start developing players. That is their main thing. Yeah, there are there are a lot of lessons here. I think um, so. One of the ones that's going to come out of this is uh, the appointment of the next coach. And you know, the, the speculation is rife around Kevin Walters. Um, but as Anthony Seibold's two-year tenure at the club has really demonstrated, it is an extremely pressure cooker environment the brisbane club is the biggest club in the nrl they're a publicly listed company they're a one town team you know we've 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 gone through everything about brisbane but i just i i I can't understand um the the what they need i think is someone with um experience with success and we've spoken about walters he's played with successful brisbane teams there's talk of ben Iken coming into administration in an administrative role there um, but uh, I think one of the one of the challenges that Brisbane is going to face is that that getting Walters into the job does not solve all their problems. Okay, it gets that the, these much hyped old boys have been the topic of conversation since Wayne Bennett hosted a barbecue for the old boys, and all the players went to someone else's house for a barbecue two years ago. And there is so much speculation about the old boys. The old boys can only do so much. They can be around the club. That's great. But you really need someone to take control of this football team. They have the respect of the players. They can instill discipline. And they can bring a winning culture. Now, on that, on the, on those uh, on those points, surely Paul Green is in line for the job. So what uh, I look, Paul Green is the number one candidate for me. He's the best coach on the market at the moment. He's the only premiership winning coach on the market at the moment. And if I was the Broncos, I would. I would seriously consider him. Now, uh, what I think will happen, though, is they're going to give Kevin Walters a job. And what that will do is they will want to bring him in immediately. They will want him in the moment this season finishes. Right? This season finishes in October. They will want him in there November, which means that he will not be coaching Origin. And I think Paul Green will take the Origin job for a year and then possibly move on to the second Brisbane team. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I have no source on this. This is just my thought. But, yeah, I I don't know. I The old boys, it doesn't always work. Look at the Dragons. The Dragons have gone with old boy coaches. They went with Nathan Brown. Uh, they didn't win. They brought in a new coach. They brought in a, a premiership winning coach, Wayne Bennett. They won. Then they went to Mary McGregor and have had five years of, uh, of trouble. So, old boys don't always work. and. Yeah, I, 
I'm not 100% sold on the Kevin Walters signing. I know the old boys want it because a lot of these guys played with him. But it just... Do your due diligence, Broncos. Don't make a rash decision because this guy played for your club. Yeah. Um, I also think there's a lesson here for all clubs in dealing with managers. So we know who Anthony Seabold's manager is. He's currently um, had his accreditation stripped um, as a manager. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of hype around getting the most out and, you know, the the coaching merry-go-round which we've seen um, over seasons, including this one. And the, look at the impact it's had on the Broncos. They somehow ended up with a, a one-year coach on a five-year deal um, with no premiership experience, um, took a team to the fo- top four, and they lost in a preliminary final where they couldn't score points. Okay? They couldn't score points. Now, this has been... That was at Souths in 2018 in a star-studded lineup. They couldn't score points, mind you, against a strong Roosters team that was built on defence. But at the same time, look at the issues that are surrounding the Broncos now. They can't score points. They can't defend. You know, it's, it's just, a, a, I think, something for all clubs. Be wary of signing coaches and players to long-term contracts. And unfortunately, this is one of the problems with the market and the speculation that goes around in the media and the player agents are selling their clients around. Um, the other thing I wanted to flag, Corbs, if we're going to do these, this is what I think, things. Here's one for you. Origin, next Queensland coach, Cameron Smith. I like it. I do. Yeah. It, depends, it depends on what his decision is, whether he wants to coach and still play on like for a club next year. Obviously, he's retired from Origin. I do like it, though. Yeah. It's a... It's an outsider. Um, Cameron Smith yeah. is destined to be an incredible coach in this in this competition. Apparently, he basically does a lot of the coaching already down in Melbourne when they have a super coach. So you know, uh, yeah. there's there's always been there's, there's this rumor flying around at the moment that Cameron Smith's going to go to the Broncos and be a player coach. It's not going to happen. No, <laughs> like I really don't think not. that can happen. But yeah, I I do like it. I do like it a lot. Now there's there's some other news out of the Broncos as well. Uh, Regarding Tavita Pangai Jr., last last week, the Broncos were trying to tear up his contract. He had a meeting with the Integrity Unit and is outlying uh, issues with third-party deals. Apparently, he hasn't been... He's been promised third-party deals and hasn't been paid on them. And that is part of the reason for his uh, acting up. Um, I really don't know. There's not too much out about this at the moment. There's just, you know, been a couple of tweets here and there. But, yeah, I... It's something to look out for. It could lead to some ramifications for the Broncos. Yeah, it, it does seem that way. There's not there's not much um, detail being provided, but it, it does seem to be a big deal. Um, it could go either way. Um, there have been third-party claims um, by players in the past um, where there were issues and clubs got involved. I'm thinking of Anthony Watmo um, with Parramatta. But given the financial circumstances we're in, this could also be a case of third-party sponsors not being able to foot bills of this sort. So definitely a watch this space. But just it, it's all this is just is reeking of a, a just a massive systemic issue that, that's happening in Brisbane at the moment. Um, I guess it's one of those when it rains, it pours situations, um, and it is bucketing down for the Broncos at the moment. So. Um, more to come on that front by the sounds of it, but um, obviously Tavita Pangai's uh, future with Brisbane has been 
Um, the speculation has been floating around a lot. So um, will this all come to a head at some point and will the departure of the coach make a difference in all this? Um, let's wait and see. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's get away from the Broncos. I'm sick of talking about them. Let's hope that this is the last time we mentioned them in a negative light this season. And let's talk about the top eight manual. After this week, after this weekend's games, it seems like the top eight is pretty much set uh, unless there is some divine miracle that gets one of these bottom eight teams into the competition. Uh, our top eight at the moment is, and let me read the latter to you, it is in first place, the Penrith Panthers, Storm in second, Eels in third, the Roosters in fourth, Raiders in fifth, Knights in sixth, uh, Rabbitohs in seventh, and the Sharks at eighth. And they are four points clear of the Tigers in ninth. The Tigers right where they're supposed to be. Now, Emmanuel, I want to do a little exercise here. Let's let's go through each team, each team in the top yep. eight, and give our prediction yep. as a percentage of a, out of 100, what chance do we think they have of winning the competition? Now, let's start at the okay. bottom. Let's work up. Cronulla Sharks. How likely do you think Shit. they are to win the competition? Zero. Yeah, I've got the exact same. There's one. Sorry, there's one. Camilla. There's one. There's one reason why. There's one reason yeah. why they've had fifty put on them this year. Wipes them out yeah. automatically. Yeah. Huh? Stats don't lie. Yeah, I just. But I, Michael, Michael, in fairness, in fairness, to, in fairness to our call, their defense is terrible. Um, like as you said, they they've actually conceded more points than the Tigers, the Dragons, and Manly as well. Mm-hmm. Albeit just conceded more than Manly, but um, I just don't think their defense is good enough. No, and they haven't beaten the top eight side this whole year, so that's another reason why. Like they're they're beating the lower teams as much as they should do, but they can't compete with the top the better teams. And yeah, I give them a zero. It's great that they're in the eight, but. Yeah, they, they've done better than what I expected this season, but no chance of winning the grand final. All right, seventh position, South Sydney Rabbitohs. What are you giving them? Okay, let me give you a bit of background to Souths at the moment. Souths have won four in a row. They've won um, their last 10, they're seven from three. They've won eight of their last 11 games. So this is eight of 11 since the break. Their losses have been two points to the Knights, six points to the Raiders, and eight points to Penrith. So I think that's pretty solid defensive performance. Um, I liked what I saw against Manly. Latrell had his, a really good game, I thought. Um, and I think that if we can knock off a couple of teams, um, one or two teams in the top four at the moment, given we play Penrith, um, sorry, given we play the Storm, the Eels and the Roosters in the next five, um, we could go a long way to shaking the comp. But at the moment, I'm giving them 25% chance. Okay. I'm giving them a 1% chance. And that 1% chance is if they play how they play against Manly every week for the rest of the season. Manly were bad, but Souths were really good. Um, but they, they still have not beat a top 18. Unless you count the Cronulla. Sharks early on in Cronulla. Yeah. <laughs> Very early on. <laughs> that's it. They beat the they beat the team that's below them on the ladder. They haven't beat anyone above them. Uh, I'm giving them a one percent chance. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
in sixth place, ravaged by injuries, we have the Newcastle Knights. Now, last week I would have given them a better percentage chance of winning the competition than I did this week, but the loss of Blake Green, I think, is going to, you know, Blake Green changed the way they attacked. They had two playmaking halves now. They had two guys who can kick the ball. Now there's going to be a lot more focus on uh, Caleb Ponga, and they barely, they, they really struggled on the weekend. I'm giving them a 0% chance of winning the competition. Yeah. The, look, the loss of Blake Green is a, is a massive, massive blow. Um, they struggled last week, Newcastle. I, they, look, they, they, I think the key difference for them this, this year is that they're winning those games. Um, and I really shouldn't talk about struggling against the Cowboys because Souths did the same. But Souths managed to put on 31 points. Newcastle um, put on eight so, or 14, 14. 14, sorry. That's quite that's 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 at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and I, I just think, I, I feel like for, for the attacking prowess they really have there, and I'm particularly talking about Ponga, um, they do seem to be struggling a bit scoring points. And look, I'm probably giving him, not going to be as harsh as you, I'm giving him a like, 5% chance. Okay, yeah. My, my issue is that like, even against, they, at one point, Cowboys had 12 men on the field. And the Knights just keep on trying to go up the middle. They're not using their edges. Uh, and they've got a decent back line. They're not using their edges to get around teams. Uh, they're too reliant on the middle. And especially against a team like the Cowboys, who are actually quite big, I think that's why they've struggled against them this year. And when they come up against big packs, they do tend to struggle to score points because their forwards don't get over the advantage line. Um, yeah, they need to spread the ball more. I know a lot of teams, you can't go around. It's hard to go around teams, but uh, they don't even try. And I think that's the issue. Their attack just looks really stale. Uh, okay. In fifth position, we have the Canberra Raiders. Yeah. I give Canberra a really strong chance. Um, I think Canberra are going to finish in the top four. Their next five, I think they will win them all. They play the Dogs. They play the Roosters at home, as in, in Canberra. They've got the Dragons, the Warriors, and Cronulla. I think Canberra are going to win all five of those games um, and then sit comfortably in the top four. Um, I give them, at the moment, a 25 to 30% chance of winning the comp. Um, they are humming along quite nicely. They're going unnoticed. They're sitting in equal fourth with the Roosters. Um, and I think that game next weekend is going to be quite crucial. I, I'm giving them a, I'm going to give them a 10% chance. I think they're good. I think they're really good. Uh, they haven't been as hit by like they they had a couple of injuries at the during the middle of the season, but those there's only two really long lasting ones, which are Corey Horsburgh and Josh Hodgson. And we mentioned it. The Roosters played the Raiders the first game that Hodgson was out, and. Yeah. It made them rely on their halves a bit more. And you remember at the start of the season, everyone was kind of questioning the Raiders' attack. They were really stale. And now that they're relying on their halves a bit more, their attacks opened up a bit more. There's not as much through the middle. There's a little more off the cuff. You've got more playmakers because there isn't that reliance on Josh Hodgson. I'm not saying Josh Hodgson is the reason why their attack was stale. But it was it's changed their attack. And I think they are looking better. But I just I don't I don't think they're I don't think they're 
that high up. I think, look, the, the game next week against the Roosters is a huge test. I think it's their, it's their hardest game left. It's easily their toughest game left. I, they'll probably, I, I think they'll win four out of the next five because I think the Roosters can beat them. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think that will determine the four, that one game. Uh, so we will see, yeah, 10% for me. And uh, in fourth place, we just spoke about them quickly, the Roosters. Uh, troops returning. Um, things are looking a little up after that win on the weekend against the Tigers, uh, holding their team to nil for the 42nd time uh, in the first half uh, under Trent Robinson, which is great considering he's only coached 200 games. I'm giving the Roosters a 35% chance of winning the competition. Do you reckon they could do it from outside the top four? I do. I, I think I think they're a team that could win four in a row. And the benefit that the Roosters have this season is they by, they've been forced to rest players. So they're going to have players who are going to be fresh come end of the season. Luke Keery's now had time off. He hadn't missed a game. He's going to miss three, four weeks. Boyd Cordner, who we know is battling a chronic knee injury, he's he's had five, six weeks off. Uh, our props, our, our forward packs had breaks here and there. Crichton's going to come back fresh. Uh, the backs, Brett, Mor- Brett and Josh Morris are all, you know, they've had their breaks here and there. And I could see Robbo resting players. Uh, in a couple games as well, so they're gonna they're gonna be fresh, and I think the fresher teams are gonna be the ones who are able to rattle off a couple wins in a row during the finals, and that's gonna be really telling. Yeah, well, if we're talking about fresh, uh, Melbourne's gonna have a few fresh players coming back too. So uh, watch this space on the Roosters. I give them about twenty. I, look, I, to be honest, I, much has been made of South's victories against top eight teams. I've discussed this on this podcast. I think the Roosters Roosters are, are, are in a very similar league. I mean, you just mocked our 56-16 win over Manly. In fairness, you beat the Broncos 59-0. Your wins have... You can win big against the, 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 the teams lower on the ladder, but I'm, I'm not so sold on your performances. I mean, that the longer it goes on since the game against Parramatta... I reckon the the lesser great win it was for the Roosters, given what Parramatta has dished up since then. We've only versed three top eight teams since we beat Parramatta. That's the issue. We've only versed Melbourne twice and Canberra once. We've got a tough stretch coming up, and I think that's where we're going to prove whether we're a championship contender or not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. TBC on that one. All right. In Um, third place, we have... The Parramatta Eels, who held the Melbourne Storm, well, a shadow of the Melbourne Storm, to 14 uh, to nil on the weekend. They won 14 nil. Uh, but that game raised a lot more questions for Parramatta than it did give answers to whether they are a contender or not. I was very unimpressed with that game. I thought Parramatta should have blown them out of the park. There was so many opportunities that they had, and the the... The halves just didn't capitalise on what was put in front of them. Their their decision making was poor, and I am less and less positive on the Eels as a title contender each week they play. And I think this week's game against South Sydney is a it's one of their bigger games of the season. It's probably the Eels' biggest game of the season. 
because it really shows that they can, you know, if they can if they can put a score on South, then I think it shows that they they've got a little more promise than people are giving them credit for. But at the moment, I'm giving them a ten percent chance of winning the competition. Yeah, I, look, to be honest, I don't rate them that highly either. Um, I agree that their form has left a lot to be desired. They're winning games. They've held they held Melbourne to nil, but it really should have been more than it was. Um, in the next five, they have Souths and Penrith, uh, the only top eight teams. Um, they will have Brisbane and the Warriors and the Tigers, which could help their for and against. But look, um, that Penrith game, so Souths are this week and then Penrith in a couple of weeks. And they're crunch games, I think, because um, they're going to really need to, to step up and probably win both of those games to show their premiership credentials. Um, because the way they're playing, I'd say they're going to roll into the finals and have their pants pulled down again like they did last year in Melbourne. So um, yeah. they need to take it to another level. Haven't seen that just yet. They're, 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 it's not a convincing and complete 80-minute performance, which is fine because, you know, you're still a few weeks out. But um, at this stage, I just don't think they're in the, in the same league as the two teams above them. So, look, I'm probably going to say about, about probably a bit more than you. I'll probably go like, um, 25% or so, but not much more than that. Yeah, I, just, I think their I think their defense is really good. I think they've shown a lot on defense. I just think their attack just is not going to cut it in the finals when you know you get less calls, you get less penalties, and it gets a lot tougher. The hits are harder, the game's slower, and I think that's where they're going to really struggle. All right. Yeah, and in complete, uh, in complete fairness, in complete fairness to them, Corbs. They do have the best um, points against in the comp at the moment. So I've yeah. um, got to get um, uh, just against Melbourne. But, I mean, we've got to give them credit for that. But that looking at their um, looking at the top eight, they have the second worst attack in the top eight. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to rely on your defence, but they've got to be putting these teams away. Yeah. Next on the list is the Melbourne Storm. Uh, in second place, uh, they are cruising along at the moment. Uh, they lost, obviously, to uh, Parramatta, but they've got the Camerons returning this week. Jerome, to, Jerome Hughes is back in the lineup, and uh, they're going to get rest for Dale Fanukin and the block of cheese, Brandon Smith, uh, towards the back for the back end of the season and fight the finals run. The big issue with Melbourne over the last couple of years is that they are phenomenal in the regular season, but when teams go to that extra, that have that extra gear during the finals, they haven't. And look, to be fair, the last two years they've lost to the Roosters. Uh, so maybe I'm, you know, maybe that that extra gear that the Roosters have is, you know, no one else has. But I'm giving Melbourne a 25% chance of winning the competition. Yeah, look. Um, I, we keep writing them off every every year. They sort of like this is the year. This could be it. And, I mean, fourteen nil. That it was quite steely performance against um, Parramatta. They were really good against the Dogs in terms of scoring points. There's little um, things that were quite unMelbourne like though. A little bit of um, less polish on their performance. But I, I think maybe that the injuries will allow them to perhaps time when they get to perfection a bit better. Um, they have a, a, they actually have a really simple run home from here. So um, they actually play 
Manly, Souths, Cowboys, Tigers, and Dragons. So, but you know, um, if Parramatta struggles a bit, uh, Storm's defence is so much better, um, and their points differential. Sorry, their points differential is so much better, given that they might rest a couple of players in the final round and come into the finals fresh. So, but that top two spot will be crucial for them, I think. Yeah, they all they don't really have Melbourne to go home to, but travelling up to Queensland won't necessarily be fun. And they've kind of made that place their fortress a little bit. They've been the best team in Suncorp uh, this year, which hasn't been difficult. Now, the top team in the competition on a 10-game win streak, I believe, at the current time, is the Penrith yeah, Panthers. club record. Club yeah. record. Uh, cruising along, had a great victory over the Sharks on the weekend. Uh, Nathan Cleary is incredible. Uh, their f- Dylan Edwards looks good at fullback, which was my big question. Uh, their forward pack and their defense has been great. Um, I am giving the Panthers a thirty percent chance of winning the competition. Yeah, uh, look. To be honest, I think I think they're most likely to win it. Um, the argument could be that they've probably peaked a little too early, um, but look, it's, sometimes it's just a runaway kind of year. Um, they've got a great record at home this year. They're seven and none. They've lost that one away game. Uh, they've had one draw. They're scoring so many points. Um, the their defence could be touched up a little bit, but they're looking pretty good. Um, their big test in the final five rounds is going to be that game against Parramatta, um, where I, from memory, Parramatta won that game earlier yeah. in the season. Fourteen ten. Um, on, 14-10, but on current form, um, I think Penrith would have it covered. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm actually really pumped for this. I hope Penrith can go all the way with it. Um, it it's great for them. It, it's great for the game. Um, I've been around them for the last few weeks. I know you have too, and I really think at this point, they are the standout, but who knows um, if there are any sleeping giants in the top eight. Yeah, you mentioned their home record. Now, there's a bit of an issue. The NRL may choose to take their home finals games to a bigger venue just to sell tickets, uh, yeah. which could rob them of their home field advantage, which may be unfortunate, but at, in the times that we're in, the NRL is trying to make as much money as possible. I have a stat for you regarding the Penrith Panthers. In the first 20 minutes of the of a football game, they have held teams to a, score, a margin of 105 to 10. Now, that 10 yeah. points came against the Roosters in round one. That is it. That means they've yeah. held teams to 105 to nil over the first 20 minutes of 15 rounds of football. That is incredible. That is that is yeah. remarkable. It's absolutely awesome. It's um, it's They're laying a great platform for themselves in every game. Um, it, it's fantastic. It, it's really good. Um, the other thing is, back on the, on the home grounds, I was just thinking that... So, the original policy was to have these teams play out of their home grounds on the assumption that ANZ was going to be knocked down. But I think also because that hasn't happened and given ticket sales this year and, and COVID and everything, I, if, especially if Penrith end up playing Parramatta, um, I can't see why they wouldn't be going to an 80,000 seat stadium to try and fill that yeah. as socially distantly as possible. Yeah. All right. They are, All they right, are our predictions. They are predictions for finals. Uh, we're about five, six weeks away. Uh, it's getting exciting. It's getting tight. Let's get into our tips this week. 
uh, round 16. And as we mentioned earlier, the first game of the round is a massive game. It is Eels versus the Rabbitohs uh, at Bankwest Stadium, 7.30 Thursday night. I've I've gone back and forth on this one. I, it, it might change. It might change before kickoff as well. But at this present time, I am tipping the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Wow! 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 That's a big call. But look, I look. I'm I'm on the bandwagon. No, I'm not on the bandwagon. I'm a huge supporter. I'm going for South too. Um, I, I think the Eels have some vulnerabilities. I think Souths, um, they looks really good. You saw Cook running, Latrell supporting, Reynolds kicking, Walker sparking. Uh, their forwards have really stepped up in the last month. Um, they've been the subject of a lot of criticism this year. It's an underdone forward pack. Um, we've really sort of copped it, but I think Tom Burgess has really stood up. Um, Sua and Sirenen have been fantastic. I've really liked what I've seen off the bench from um, Margo and Kalamatangi. Um, Mark Nichols has been scoring tries like there's no tomorrow. Um, and we've got Liam Knight coming back in after a, another suspension. So, look, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, it's actually, I think, a really good challenge for the Eels um, halves, especially Mitchell Moses. He's up against a premiership-winning halfback. Um, with a lot of finals experience. So let's see how this one goes. I'm going for South. Yeah. Uh, one player you didn't mention who I think has found form despite not wearing a Maroons jersey is Dan Gagai. He's looked actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has looked good. I know you've critiqued him in the past, but he's, he's playing a, yeah. a good role at the moment for South and he's found a bit of form, which is a good sign. Yeah. And what about um, Stephen Masters? Last week, uh, on debut, scores a try, but back to the back to the reserves. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. Uh, even with Alex Johnson out, you couldn't get a spot in the squad. Um, all right, next game of the round, we have Dragons versus the Titans. Jeez, these first two games were the toughest ones for me. I was, I was struggling. Um, I really, really liked what I've seen out of the Titans. I love Jamal Fogarty. He's carrying my fantasy team. Um, I'm going the Titans. I think the, the aura around Dean Young as a coach, Dragons fans love him. They want him to be signed. I'd be very cautious of that. Uh, I'm going the Titans. I think they've got what it takes. I've loved AJ Brimson in his return. Uh, Ash Taylor's back. And, yeah, I think the Titans get a win here. Wow. I've gone St. George. Um, Jackson Ford and Billy Britton replace Corbin Sims and Paul Vaughan. Uh, Ash Taylor's back. Boyd's in the reserves. Tyrone Peachy's at lock. Um, Aaron Clark recalled on the bench. Rain replaces Peets. Bo Firma starts in the second row. Hip Grave reverting to the pine. And Don is a chance of returning after being named to the 21. I'm going for St. George here. I reckon at the moment, I reckon they've got a little more to play for. Yeah, they probably do. They're, they're an outsider's chance of making the eight. I don't really see it happening, but yeah. They might have a little more to play for. All right. The 7.30 Friday game. Uh, I'm sure when they decided to put this at uh, 7.30 on Friday night, they thought it would be a, a blockbuster. But Roosters versus the Broncos. Last time these two teams met, you mentioned it earlier. Roosters won 59-0 without James Tedesco. Uh, now they're going to be without Luke Keary, uh, who's still out with that cracked rib. 
but this one's an easy one for me. The Roosters in probably their only easy game left of the season. Yeah, I'm going for the Roosters too. Um, Milford's out for Brisbane. O'Sullivan's at 5-8. Pakes at hooker. Isaac Luke's suspended. Story of his career. And Brody Croft um, is recalled on the interchange. Look, I don't even know. I, the, the talk is that Peter Gentle is probably going to coach Brisbane um, for the rest of the season with the replacement for um, Seabold to be announced after that. But I just think it, it can really go two ways here. Either Brisbane put in a really steely performance or the Roosters just blow them off the park. Um, I don't think there's an in-between. I'd back the Roosters just to blow them away, to be honest. Um, SCG, um, yeah, Chooks for mine. Uh, one, just I'd like to mention Katoni Staggs. That run on the weekend was incredible. Uh, he sent Ewan Aiken all the way to New Zealand, where he'll be staying for the remainder of next year. Um, and yeah, other than that, there's there's not many bright lights for the uh, for the Brisbane Broncos. All right, um, three o'clock Saturday afternoon, uh, we have the Knights versus the Warriors. Uh, this one's a tough one because the Warriors have been really resilient. They were down early against the the Bulldogs. They were down 10-0 in the first six minutes and they ended up coming back. Uh, really liked what I saw out of Brad Turner, even though he... Paul, yeah, Paul Turner, sorry. Even though he will be... Uh, he's He's been dropped back to reserve grade. I'm going with the Knights. Not convincingly, though. Yeah, look... I'm going for the Knights, not convincingly either. Danger game for Newcastle here. Um, Warriors have nothing to lose. They've been playing uh, really well, showing a lot of resilience. Uh, Payton's done a really good job. I, I, I think to win this game, they're really going to have to score points. They did meet in round... I'm pretty sure they met in round one and, the, and um, Newcastle kept them to nil from memory. Yep. But yep. times are different. Um, yeah, look, Newcastle, but risky game for them, to be honest. Which brings us to Sharks-Cowboys at 5.30 on Saturday. Now, for Cronulla, Tracy replaces Moylan at 5.8. Johnston returns at halfback in place, in place of Trindle. Um, Ham, Hamlin ULE starts moving uh, Rudolph to lock and Sorensen to the bench. Bryden Nakora starts in the back row. Um, Talakai is on the interchange. And for the Cowboys, Holmes returns playing against his old club on the wing and Tuolagi is in centre. Um, Tabuai Fido and Opacek are out. RC returns at 5-8 in place of Hampton. Molo starts at prop. Maguire moves to lock. Tamalolo is out and Gilbert is added to the pine. Now, teams like this, with lots of movement and lots of changes, are usually in the bottom half of the ladder. Um, Cowboys have just really struggled I can't tip them. I, I don't have much faith in Cronulla either, but I, I, I can't tip the Cowboys, so I'm going for the Sharks. Yeah, Cowboys without Tamalolo is an instant no for me. Uh, Sharks, I think, should win this. The Cowboys rely too much on Tamalolo, and he's probably not going to play again this season. He's scheduled for about four weeks on the sideline, and there's only five weeks left. That should knock him out of Dallium contention, so I don't see why you would risk bringing him back for one game at the end of the season when there's nothing to play for. So, yep, Sharks for me. All right, bit of a grudge match this one. Uh, 7.30 Saturday nights. Ivan Cleary against his former club, the West's Tigers. Uh, and like I've been saying every week, until the Panthers lose, I'm going to tip them. So, Panthers. 
Oh, Michael, are you okay? You didn't mention Harry Grant. Whatever. He's leaving. <laughs> He's getting... Harry Grant returns from a knee. <laughs> Harry Grant, Michael's boyfriend, returns from a knee injury. Um, Little's dropping to the bench and Josh Reynolds is out. Uh, dropped. Twile starts at lock. Eisenhuth um, is in the pine. Um, McKaylee starts at prop and Russell Packers dropped. Um, and Sean Bloor's returned. For Penrith, uh, danger game, maybe, with Kikau suspended and Coruscant with a calf injury. Um, Leota starts at prop, Fisher-Harris at lock, Isaiah Yo to the edge and Billy Burns called up. Um, and Mitch Kenny at dummy half. To'o makes his comeback. Um, Naden shifts to the centre, May to the bench, and Laurie is 18th man. Look, as you said, unless Penrith lose, why would you tip against them? Um, this is to make it 11 in a row, Corbs. Yeah, I think there was a game a couple of weeks ago where they had both Coruscant and Kikau at as well, and they still won. Uh, yeah. They are big losses, but I still think they've got enough enough there to win this game. Um, Toto was fantastic before he got injured with that syndesmosis injury, and him and Mansour are like two back row, uh, two props running uh, with winger speed at the back, and the way they bring the ball up is uh, puts Penrith on the front foot really early. So they. They should they they should win this. Tigers were Tigers were bad on the weekend. Not scoring in a, they, some of their defense was really 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 poor against the Roosters. A lot of missed tackles that shouldn't have been missed against a uh, injury ravaged Roosters team. Uh, so not the Tigers. Tigers are not looking good, and I think a big clean out's coming for the players this season so that Madge can get the team that he wants. Yeah. I think that the problem for the Tigers is going to be attracting a bit of talent, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we will discuss that in the next few weeks. So now, Sunday nights, we're back to four o'clock and then the six o'clock, uh, the 6 30 game. So the Storm play Manly, uh, four o'clock Sunday on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, as you flagged earlier, the Camerons are back. Hughes is back. Um, Brandon Smith's out. Riley Jackson, Cooper Johns are out. Bromwich uh, returns from suspension. Um, Kenny Bromwich is out. Um, and Marion Sevy comes on the wing. For Manly, Funas at fullback. Garrick's moved to the wing. Kajewski, who scored last week, starts at centre. Uh, Suli is out for the season with a foot injury. To power starts, Pasiko's bench, Joel Thompson returns from that disgusting tongue injury, and Corey Waddell is on the um, on the bench. So um, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's the storm. I expect Manly to be a bit more resilient uh, and Melbourne to ease into it with all those players coming back. But um, Melbourne easily. Yeah, Manly don't normally lie down in Melbourne. These two teams have a lot of history, but yeah, I'm going with Melbourne in an easy one, I think. Uh, bad injury for Moses Suli with the Liz Frank fracture in his foot, uh, especially for a big guy. Uh, really tough to come back from. It's one of those injuries that is very difficult to rehab. And, yeah, hopefully he can be back by next season. Uh, last game of the round, we have the Raiders versus the Bulldogs. Uh, the Bulldogs have been, you know... I. Can't believe they blew that game against the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors. I was sitting there. I was out for a walk on Sunday. I looked at the score. Dogs were up ten nil, and I go, "Bloody Bulldogs are going to cost me my perfect week." 
get home, turn on the TV, see that uh, the Warriors are making a comeback. I'm like, they've blown this. This is over. Uh, Canberra for me, an easy one. Down in Canberra, Sunday night, it's going to be really cold. Uh, so Canberra should start their run for the top four. Yeah. If Canberra played in Canberra last week against the Gold Coast, that game would have been in snow, which would have been yeah. very fun to watch. Um, but yeah, Canberra for mine. So let's run through them. Uh, we've both tipped Souths to upset the Eels. Um, I've gone the Dragons. You've gone the Titans. Uh, yep. We've both gone the Roosters over the Broncos. We've both reluctantly tipped Newcastle over the Warriors. We've gone Sharks over Cowboys, Panthers over Tigers, Storm over Manly, and the Raiders over the Bulldogs. Um, and congratulations once again to you, Tipping King, um, for your eight out of eight. I bow down before you, and that's all the airtime you're getting for that. Um, now, one more thing. One more thing I want to talk about before I go. Um, really good story on Greg Inglis last night on the ABC on Australian Story um, about his battle with um, depression, um, the highs and lows of his career. I guess you could say the impact that uh, you know winning and success and attention has for him. And I, I think one of the things that we really underestimate um, as people that don't play the game and but we can probably appreciate in our own work and from working from home and everything Corbs is um, the importance of routine. Um, and I think one of the messages that really came out of last night was how much um, Greg was fine during the season and how he struggled the most in the off season. Uh, he wasn't sure what to do with himself, um, what, what, how he could carry on. And um, his routine was, was really uh, important to him and he had a battle with alcohol and, um, and that just sort of uh, exploded. So um, really good story. I think it was awesome that he, um, he opened up and, and shared that. Um, and I, I guess like on a more serious note, we you don't realize that um, the pressure that players can be under and they have such a short period of their lives to really make a, make a success of the skills that they had. So um, great to see Greg there and looking forward to watching him play next year in the Super League. Yeah, let's hope the Super League goes ahead so we get to actually watch him play. But, yeah, well said. Uh, yeah, we, we have no idea what these players go through on a day-to-day basis. And like you said, routine is so important. And we're all realising that at the moment. All right, Emmanuel, that is us for the week. Uh, I'm excited for Thursday night's game. I think it'll be an absolute cracker. I hope that, you know, we get a really close game. And it's not one-sided. But these are two top eight sides. And it should give us a lot of details on where these two teams are travelling for the finals time. So that's it. And one more thing, Emmanuel uh, and everyone else, please continue to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is How Good Is Rugby League. Instagram is How Good Is Rugby League. Twitter is How Good Is RL. Uh, We're constantly sending out stuff. Uh, And, yeah, How Good Is Rugby League. How good is rugby league? Thanks, Michael. Thanks, guys.